Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Phil Stiles. He has a new album called The Anchor Hold, released on September 17th via Trepanation Records. Right now, I'm being joined by what I'm told is Phil Stiles himself to talk hello. about. Hello. Talk about these anchor holds. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hi, nice to be here. Pleasure indeed. And for those who've been following the Rock Metal Podcast more religiously than I do, number one, thank you. Number two, <laughs> you'll know that Phil has been on the show before. Twice. Twice, even, uh, with his other band that is just not important right now. Because what's important right now is Phil's solo stuff. <laughs> Because in 2020, Phil, you released an EP called The Anchorite. That's right, yeah. The Angry Rabbit just left the car. No, that, that, that was uh, my wife randomly bringing back a whole load of books on psychiatry. <laughs> when you have an angry rabbit, you have to know how to deal with it, Phil. That's, that's true. That is a fair point. Yeah. We've got to talk about the mental health of rabbits right now, especially when they're angry. Do you feel your rabbit is affected at all by the pandemic? Like, have you noticed a different behavioral pattern in the rabbit? I think the rabbit is just annoyed that I've been at home for 18 months and uh, obviously just badgering him all day. Because, you know, when you're just trapped at home and you're working online, uh, you get into a habit of coming downstairs and you, you want to poke the rabbit. Like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. talk to me. Yeah. He, he never talks back. Oh. Okay. Well, I was hoping it wouldn't end this way because I'm not done yet. <laughs> Nice. I, I, I like that. Thank you. So in 2020, you released an EP, which must have not come across my desk or whatever, because we didn't chat about that EP. But we can chat about it now, The Anchorite, which then turned into this album, The Anchor Hold. I'm seeing a pattern with anchors. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Why is the anchor up? Is the anchor down? Are you fascinated with you know the seaside? What's going on, Phil? Uh, uh, there was a, a book called uh, The Dogs of God by uh, Pickney Benedict came out in the the mid-1990s, I think. And uh, it was a a, a book about a a series of kind of characters whose kind of fates were all interconnected. And uh, one of the characters was this nameless individual called the Anchorite, who, uh, amongst other things, possessed uh, this quality of unshakable faith, uh, which, yeah, which is what defines an Anchorite. An Anchorite is a a religious recluse, a hermit, who um, dedicates their life to a cause uh, without fear or favour. Um, and I kind of liked that uh, idea, the anchorite, as a, as a kind of analogue for uh, the increasing way that, that people seem to have sort of developed unshakable faith in, in certain causes, whether it's uh, Brexit here in England or uh, the MAGA movement in America or the conspiracy theories that kind of dominate a whole range of, of, of different sort of aspects of society. Um, so, yeah, the Anchorite, which was very kind of uh, socio- socio-political commentary on, on kind of where things were going with, with Brexit in the UK, um, was, was sort of a, a, a comment on that, if you like. And the Anchor Hold uh, kind of is a little bit more expansive. It's an album rather than EP. And uh, the Anchor Hold was the place where the Anchorite was basically put. Um, if you if you were an Anchorite, uh, very often, not always, but very often you were declared kind of officially dead. You were dead to the world and you dedicated your life to God and you basically got put in this little kind of uh, cell, the Anchor Hold. And you had like a little window out on the world through which you could dispense wisdom. And again, I kind of like that kind of 
the analog to to people who um, you know sit behind a, a keyboard and dispense their kind of wisdom through this very kind of narrow ideological view. Um, so yeah, the the, the anchorite, um, you know, the, the historical perspectives are really interesting. But it first kind of I first came across it through this book by Pickney Benedict, The Dogs of God, which uh, it's a fantastic book. It was it was uh, very very cool, and uh, it, yeah, I, just, I I liked the name, and I thought it would be something that would would work well for for a kind of uh, a narrative, perhaps without being too didactic, if you like. Mm-hmm. I have the wrong book in front of me then. It's the one I found is by James Reston Jr. No, that's not it. No. Um, I'll have to find it. I, unfortunately, if I was at home, it would be on my bookshelf. I, I still have that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, Pick, yeah, Pickney Benedict is, is the name of the, the author for sure. Benedict. Probably spelling his first name wrong, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, cool. No, because I like books. Books are fun. Start a book club. That's what we should do. Um, you know, I, I definitely enjoy that. And so it sounds like it's a, a commentary on the what we'll call the status of the world at the current moment and uh, what I'm calling evolution and process as as some people who are not adapting to the current circumstances and demands on the human system are leaving us. <laughs> um- <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, well, I'll sidestep the bit about the evolution for now. Uh, but no, I, sure. I, I think your, your point is right. I mean, the whole idea of the anchorite is it's always very interesting to me, whether you look at organized religion or whether you kind of go before the kind of patristic religions that, that we, you know, that, that are currently, uh, you know, our thing, or if, if you move forward to, to uh, the more secular society that we have today, um, in all instances, you've got this kind of need amongst people, I think, to, to have this kind of absolute certainty. And that absolute certainty displaces reason. So, you know, when you're arguing with, for example, a Brexiteer, or if you're arguing with a, someone from the MAGA movement, or if you're arguing even with an anti-vaxxer, logic and reason goes out the window. It's not a discussion. Um, it's, it's basically a series of kind of talking points which are, are kind of flung. Um, I try. I mean, I think you know, we're we're all guilty of that to a degree. I I try not to be. I prefer to take an approach where I enter into any discussion willing to take on board what other people have to say. Um, and at the end of it, if they've produced a compelling argument, I'm willing to move forward with that. But equally, you know, I, I feel that you know arguments need to be supported by kind of evidence and reason, and they, there needs to be a lot of give and take from both sides. And I, I think you don't see a lot of that now. So you're right; it's it's a social commentary, and it's it's very much a commentary on that kind of inability to to see past your own very. Uh, fixed worldview. And the anchorite, of course, was exactly that. The anchorite was a, a religious recluse who was dedicated entirely to this one, um, you know, religious movement. And, uh, you know, that's an, it's an interesting thing to me. I, I find that kind of faith, that unshakable faith, very, very interesting and very useful kind of material for songwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Is that why in the, uh, the artwork, I was looking at the artwork, is that why, is this where the sun is shining through that cage? Is that where the anchorite is supposed to be? dispensing wisdom through the anchor hold 
Yeah, yeah. So the Anchor Hold, like I say, was like a, a the cell. Uh, usually, it was like appended to a church or something. Um, and the anchor, the anchorite would sort of go into the, this cell. They would live in there. They, you know, they they weren't spoken to. They didn't interact with the real world except occasionally to dispense kind of uh, religious wisdom. And um, you know, that, that's the point where. Um, where you know that they might you know pass through some word of god you know some deep thought that they had in in relation to this and uh, yeah so the anchor hold was the place that they were in and when yola uh, my wife started to create the artwork for the album uh, she tried a whole number of different things but she she had this image which funnily enough was was taken during a video shoot for final coil um and it just it was really appropriate it was it was attractive but slightly sinister with that kind of metalwork over it uh, but you had the sun shining through, and yeah, it, it seemed like it, it could be kind of a, a literal representation of the Ankhold, and we, we thought that it worked really well. Uh-huh, absolutely. Now I'm watching a music video for End This Way. Are these all real places you guys found? Yeah. Okay. It's found footage, I think probably filmed in, in Russia, maybe, or somewhere, you know, Eastern Europe. Uh, it's not clear. There's quite a lot of sites that deal with this kind of this sort of footage that's that's usable um and the content creator who did this guy called lee waters who's really good uh he you know he he talked to me about the theme of the song and then uh put that together and i thought it fitted really well indeed i guess my question is how come end this way gets the video and what is the theme of the video or what is the theme of end this way uh, End This Way is based on another book. Uh, so this, this is one for your, your social commentary. It, the book itself is by a writer called Rebecca Redeal. And she wrote a book called 1666. And then there's a subtitle, which I think is uh, Hellfire, War and Plague or something like that. Um, and basically, it was about this very turbulent period in English history where we got hit by the plague and of course uh um you know a, num- a number of other issues you know warfare and uh, and and so on um and one of the interesting things that hit me in in this book was that um the the uh, there's a description of people uh living through the plague years and when when you got the plague or when your household got the plague you got locked in your house obviously Uh, So you got segregated from society. But people, of course, were not happy about this. So they would open their windows and they would lean out and breathe on people walking past, hoping that they could spread their disease to these uninfected people walking past their windows. It sounds familiar, Phil. Yeah. When I was writing this album, the newspapers were full of stories of people spitting at others, you know, kind of, ha, you know, I've got coronavirus. And I thought, my God, you know, have we evolved so little? Have we changed so little since since 1666? Speaking of evolution. Um, right, exactly. So, uh, you know, I read I read that book at the beginning of the, the outbreak. It was, you know, it's been sat on my shelf for a little while, but I, I started reading through and it just was the perfect subject matter for a song. Um, so, you know, in that context, end this way could be, I don't want to end this way. I don't want to die from this disease, or it could equally be, I don't want to become this person who is so bitter and so twisted that I want to inflict something that I've contracted by chance upon others. And I, I thought that was it's quite an interesting dual meaning and, uh, yeah, end this way. And that's, uh, the reason it was a single it just felt like one of the, I mean, the, the album's quite, you know, dark and trippy and it felt like one of the more dynamic numbers. It had quite an obvious chorus on it. 
Um, so, you know, with my kind of uh, producer's hat on, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's an obvious choice to make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So quite a few books went into the crafting of the Anchor Hold, the album. I think, uh, I think if you look at everything I do, literature plays a, a very big part. Final Coil is very heavily influenced by... I mean, the name itself was influenced by Shakespeare and Dante. And then there was uh, one of the tracks on the first record was a direct commentary on uh, Hemingway, for whom the bell tolls. Um, you know, I, I think you can find inspiration in, in in so many different places, but I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Um, I'm always interested in finding new authors, new books. And I'll read anything. I'm not, well, not anything, but, you know, I'll read anything that's good. And I, I love history. I love uh classic literature and i i you know enjoy some pulp fiction as well you know it, it you know sort of uh, depends on your need at the time but i think there's a, a turn of phrase a simple idea uh an entire book can provide real inspiration for, for song lyrics so I, I like to bring that in and if i see parallels like with 1666 uh then you know that's like a gift of course i'm going to use that mm-hmm. exactly it makes sense you heard it right here on the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm just going to do this again later on in life. <laughs> Very cool. Nervous laughter. <laughs> anyway. Cool. So we talked about anchorites. I looked up some information on that. I saw some placards and some signs from 1326 regarding these sorts of people. And they were so useful that we keep them around and we still have them. We talked about Brexit, and that's fun. MAGA, that's even more fun. <laughs> the uh, attempted uh, movement to try and bring that to Canada by the Conservative Party of Canada, which is unsuccessful. Make Canada great again. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Cool. And then we chatted about what? Unshakable faith? Un- I, yeah, I guess it's not real faith, I guess. That's another, that's another question. I guess. In your studies, have you dissected what is true faith of, from just an ideological arrogant set point um no uh, not in any great detail but it's an interesting point of discussion you know the, the nature of faith and unshakable belief um i think you can argue that that faith is something that is dangerous in in the world in which we live today because it does it's it's one of those things that does not require explanation it doesn't require rational argument i suppose that would be what would differentiate faith from ideology um and that's to a degree what makes for me at least some of this stuff you know like brexit like maga it's what makes it so dangerous because it steps away from ideology where you've got a structured belief system which you can agree with or disagree with and it steps towards a completely irrational statement of what is from your perspective and i think that's I think that kind of that's what makes unshakable faith so worrying for me. And you can if you trace that back through the various religions, that same unshakable faith, you know, led to things like the the Salem witch trials or like the Spanish Inquisition. Um, You know, these sorts of things go back and and there's no explanation. There's never a point where someone sits down and tries to rationalize because with faith, you don't have to. In fact, if anything, trying to rationalize it is actively dangerous to faith because it it contradicts the belief. Um, So the belief becomes all consuming. And I think you can see that in, in a lot of the, a lot of the conspiracy theories that that are floating around, you know, I've, I've had discussions with a number of people who are conspiracy theorists one way or another. And 
they you know if you try to bring logic or evidence into it it becomes no well you know you need to wake up you're a sheeple it's like well that's great you know these are wonderful phrases but they don't take us anywhere okay yeah show where's your evidence no you don't need evidence you just have to know you have to believe where do you go from this you you can't go anywhere so it becomes a circular a kind of a, a circular and rather harrowing discussion that leaves you wanting to bang your head against the wall um, and no, I think, you know, both the Anchorite that, and the Ackhold are born out of that frustration. Don't so, do that, Phil. Don't bang your head against the wall. I don't know. It, 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 it'll, it'll probably damage the wall more than my head. It's very true. In all the years I've known you, you've damaged quite a few walls with your head. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, it's good to get all the conspiracy theories on a Venn diagram, I guess. <laughs> I, my favorite is to call up Australia and say, so you guys real yet? Where are you actually? Well, they're underneath. That's right. Underneath all floating on the Yeah. Underneath all the elephants holding the world up because it's flat. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting one. Cool. All right. We don't have so much of that over here. We don't we don't encounter that one as much in England, I have to say. Uh, I think that there are plenty of flat earthers floating around, but not so many obviously here. Uh, but of anti vaxxers we we have many. Um, and Brexiters, too many. Yeah, I would imagine because of the historical significance of England uh, sailing around the world and, you know, the sun never sets on on the English Empire kind of thing. It'd be really hard to imagine it being flat, maybe, because you guys sailed around so much. You'd like to think that that kind of common sense approach fed into it, wouldn't you? (laughs) I'm I'm approaching it from somebody who knows the world is round. So it's... (laughs) I think that's my problem, Phil. I got to get into the mind of somebody who thinks it's gonna we're gonna fall off the edge. So, <laughs> huh. okay. So today we chatted about the record, the anchor hold. We also got in there the EP, the anchor right. And I guess one other question: if you have the time, I have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, we're all good. Production wise, was there something that you wanted to do differently after you did the EP? You saw the response from the EP, songwriting. Uh, production. I mean, everything from like, you know, keyboards, guitar tones, drums, whatever. Did, what did you t- then take into the anchor hole? What kind of breadcrumbs do we find there? Did you say, yep, copy and paste. I loved it. Let's do it again. Or did you take the chance to say, let's do something different? I never expected to do an album. Uh, I think that's probably the, the first sort of step to this. Yeah. The, the reason I did the, the anchor right uh, is because in 2018, uh, I was contacted by a band out in Italy called The Way of Purity, and they asked me to do... Um, I know them! I know The Way of Purity! I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I'm sorry. I don't know. You went very Monty Python then for a second. Are you going to start asking for spam in a minute? I will. Well, you did mention the Inquisition. <laughs> Nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition! <laughs> the comfy chair! <laughs> That's that's going to be on the menu here very soon. We've got fuel shortages, we've got food shortages. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Yeah, so The Way of Purity, they asked me to do an an outro track. They asked me to to do the final track. And I'd been messing around with some, you know, kind of dirgy electronica for a long time. And I never really, I never really sort of felt compelled to finish it because I was always focused on Final Coil. So uh, I, I sent them a, a number of tracks and they chose one. And then I sent the, the kind of stems to their mixer. And he said, look, it's fine. You don't, you don't need to, to mix this. It's done. And I, I could have thought, oh, 
okay, well, that's that's kind of cool. Um, so off the kind of back of that, I suddenly had this like confidence to finish some pieces that had been floating around my studio for a long time that weren't really final coil pieces. And that became the anchor. I, you know, I did all the lyrics kind of at the time, but the music had been around for a while. So the Anchorite came out, uh, and yeah, it got you know it, it got some really nice reviews. It got some good feedback. People seemed to dig it, um, and I was quite happy to kind of leave it there. I was going off to do the next Final Coil record anyway, and uh, then of course, kind of lockdown happened, and you know I went from playing two rehearsals a week and probably a gig a month to playing nothing i wasn't seeing my band because one of them was sheltering and another was like with his kids and we didn't want to risk you know uh, getting into an environment where anyone might get infected so i was just locked away in my house and i really felt this absence of any sort of musical community you know we were people were talking but there was nothing kind of happening that kind of creative pulse so i had some songs that had been kicking around and i thought it would be really cool if i reached out to a bunch of people that i'd never like that I'd shared a stage with or I'd talked to, but I'd never played with. So I reached out to the Medea Project, who are South African, although currently in Nottingham in England. Um, two guys in Leicester, Matt Steady, a folk singer, um, and Richard Allsop, who's like a, a, an amazing kind of guitarist. He's with a band called Monochopsis. Um, I reached out to a guy in America called Kyle Brandt absolutely amazing dude who plays with a post-rock band called a light within and his own project molotov uh i reached out to a guy called mark gatland who plays in a prog band in london called hats off gentlemen it's adequate and i reached out to a guy called roger mortar really good friend of mine but also in this really cool band called pornographic sunset up in leeds and uh, last but not least i reached out to one of my old bandmates uh, tomek vulski who lives in Poland, and we were in a prog band called Metanoia together. And the idea was that I would just do this thing, I would send them a track, and it'd be no pressure, probably half of them would send me something back, and maybe it would be okay, and maybe not. So I sent these tracks out. These guys were fantastic. They all sent me amazing things back. Uh, so I started to, to mix and master, and basically, you, you asked about production, and I would say what changed is I learned a lot of stuff, like basically everything i did wrong on the anchorite i i kind of realized okay that could have been louder that was a bit bassy that's not separated enough so all of that experience then went into to mixing the anchor and because these people these amazing people gave me their time and their skills i was more like careful i guess than i would be if it was just me i was really i wanted to do them justice and make the album the, the best that i possibly could um so i spent probably three or four months kind of you know just working through it uh, i bought a whole bunch of new software to make it sound better you know like basically plugins that i could use for the for the production things like eqing software and and um just like random like amp plugins and new drum sets uh actually ended up re-recording probably about a third of what i'd done to to match the the quality of what they'd done uh, and at the end of it, I kind of had this record and I suddenly thought, God, yeah, this is I, I was really proud of it. I thought I thought it was at that point one of the best things that I'd done. It was um, so I sent that off to Master with the guy who did the last one, James Plotkin, who um, has done stuff for Isis and Merzbaum, Carnate, absolute legend. Um, and again, at that point, if it was just me, 
I probably wouldn't have taken it any further. But because I had these musicians who had given me their time and done this amazing work, I then started kind of shopping it around to labels and trepanation. A guy called Dan uh, came back to me and said, yes, they put it out. They do it on cassette and CD. And and that's where we are. Um, But yeah, when you talk about production, the mechanics of it were better because I got better and I learned a lot. And I think you can hear the kind of the naivety on the anchor, right? And you can hear it's better on the anchor hold. And already I'm recording stuff that's, that's better again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a learning process for sure, mm-hmm. but more, I think it's about having that engagement from these other people who were just so amazingly cool and friendly and helpful and just wanted to do this thing because we were all locked down. We were all separated from our bands and our projects and it was a community thing. And that's why it sounds the way it does, why it sounds a bit different, perhaps. Although still, I hope, coherent. Cool. All right. That so every And you wanted, wasn't it? You, you were hoping I was going to go EQing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, baby. EQ, <laughs> EQ, is, EQ is everything. Uh, yeah. That's my, one of my favorite questions in recording is, you know, like, well, what do things do? Like, well, compressors compress, EQs equalize. Uh, you know, what did you need to know? Reverbs reverberate i don't know what what do you need to know and people are like oh it's not that simple it is you're just making it complicated <laughs> <laughs> cool i don't know what half the things do i just basically press buttons until it sounds right there you sorry go. i'm probably demystifying things a little bit there, i but. know i know why well, I, I demystified compressors when i said that they compress uh is that what i know is it i know sweet okay uh we chatted about the Anchor Hold, new album out from Phil Styles. Today's show notes will have philstylesofficial.com, and the record is available wherever you consume music. So go ahead and grab it. And if you need to, you can look them up on the Google. But otherwise, if you go onto the today's show notes, philstylesofficial.com is a link that you can click, as well as a link to the music video for End This Way. The Anchor Hold, September 17th via Trepanation Records, out now. Phil, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Oh, dude, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, we, we've had uh, a few meetings now. I think this is number three on the show. Um, and it's always so cool to see you and to have a chat. So thank you very much. And uh, I hope we'll have, uh, I know we've got a new Final Coil EP in December uh, and hopefully a new album next year as well. So hopefully we'll, we'll come back and bug you again. Maybe, maybe not from a service station next time. Beautiful. I love it. 